welcome to another episode of the Heals Podcast with your healing, empowering, encouraging, and loving sisters. So if I tell you that my name is Shanique and you hear other people calling me Shanique, why would you call me Shaniqua? Because that's what I'm reading. <laughs> and uh, and I see Shaniqua. I don't see Shanique. And I could care less of who else. I wasn't listening to the other people. So I'm <laughs> going to call you Shaniqua. The crazy thing is, it's only Americans that do that. I've never had a non-American look at my name and say Shaniqua. Oh, God. Here we go with this American. Ever. Here we go. It's not about Americans versus non-Americans. It's about maybe the quality of the American educational system, maybe microaggressions, maybe biases, maybe, I don't know, a host of reasons. But there's no A in my name. Not one. The it's a about respect. Silent. It's about respect. The A if is you, silent. I think if people take the time to uh, ask you how to pronounce your name and then they have no problem with saying it correctly, I think it's a, I think it's about respect. I think they lack it or refuse to acknowledge that they have a bias. Or maybe you really think a Starbucks barista has a bias against her name? Like. I don't, I don't tell a Starbucks barista my name because they would have to spell it. I'm not about to sit there and spell it out for you. That's why I have my alias at Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, anywhere else to ask for a name for my order. I have a family member who will use her daughter's name all the time because it's easier. She would like Jada. It's very easy. It's not hard. There can be no mistakes made. It's just Jada. And you know what's so funny? I have a cousin. Her name is Shaniqua, but she spells it like that. And you can't help but get it correct. When you look at how her name is spelled, you're like, okay, that's Shaniqua. Because it says I mean, Shaniqua. most people whose names are Shaniqua spell it in a way that you know it's Shaniqua. Yeah. But you've actually had people call you that based on the way in which you spell your name. All the time. Oh, okay. I've had so many. I've had Shaniqua, Shanika, Shaniqua, Shaniqua. What? I was in college and the TA was like, Shanique. Shanai, I was like, girl, I can't be me. You trying to call? You know, I've never actually had that issue with your name. I've never had an issue with my name. I mean, your name is pretty straightforward in my it's, opinion. It's very American Pie, very USA. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, does that make a difference? This nationality stuff is killing me. Like, but you know what's so funny is that I mean, we I, live in America. Right, true. But we, we live, live in, in America. America. What do you mean? So, like, what you're saying is like, oh, somebody non-American never mispronounced my name and I was like what does that have to, I've never heard of that well yeah no. because it's, well, it's an implicit bias like you're used to this name for black people like you associate Shaniqua with a black woman mm-hmm. and so when you see something that looks similar your mind automatically assumes that it's that whereas somebody who comes from a place where that's not a typical name they just pronounce it like it appears to like it appears in the English language. And so they would just say it like it appears as opposed to saying it as how they assume it is from what they've heard in their past. Can I say, let me take that back. I'm not going to say no one has ever mispronounced my name. I've never been discriminated against because of my name, if that makes a difference. I've never felt discriminated against because of my name. I've had people mispronounce my name just because I feel like they were not, I don't want to say uneducated, but they just didn't know how to pronounce my name correctly, even when they're looking at it, which is weird to me. But, you know. (laughs) Your name is very straightforward. So how are they not? It's very American pie-ish. And to be honest, I used to be upset that I had such a plain, regular 
name. I always wanted to be, uh, you know, a Maisha or, uh, you know, (laughs) something unique, but I wasn't. I was just plain and regular. I was sad about that. (laughs) I mean, your name is very, quote, in quote, resume ready. Exactly. They never know who I was or who I am when they look at my name on a resume. There are only a few clues on my resume that might indicate that I'm African-American, and that would be these schools I attended, my colleges. They're all HBCUs. That would be the only indicator that I was African-American. And that's even making the large assumption that just because I went to two HBCUs that I'm actually African-American. And that's the only issue I've ever had with the name Annette. This lady that I worked with at one time, she had a very ethnic name, and so she was applying to jobs. And then I guess somebody gave her the suggestion to change her name on the resume and resubmit. And she said it was the exact same resume, exact same companies, and people called her with the new name versus, you know, her birth name. And, you know, it's, I'm not going to say there's been times where I'm like, maybe I should do that. But now I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, F that. Because if you are judging me based on my name and not my merits or qualifications or whatever, that's probably not a place I want to work at anyway, because you've proven that you're racist. So why would I want to work in that environment, especially after COVID? Like, I need my mental peace and sanity anywhere I go, so. I agree. But I've also watched individuals butcher people's name purposely and then ask them if they can call them by a nickname, which is something you never want to do to someone. That is the ultimate disrespect. Instead of asking to call them by a nickname that you've just made up on the spot to make you feel better, why not? you know, ask them, can you please pronounce your name for me? You know, can you, you know, break it down phonetically or whatever so I can say it or say it properly versus trying to give me a nickname. That's the ultimate disrespect in my opinion. What do you think? I agree. I think especially when somebody says without permission, that's the thing. Um, And I was talking to a friend about this yesterday. It's something different when say a teacher has a difficult last name and they say, call me Miss S or Miss Z or Mr. You know, T or, or whatever, just off, off the bat, totally different from, I cannot say your name correct so let me give you a nickname that's without permission don't do that that's 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 very aggressive very aggressive there are things that you can do if you are unsure about somebody's name something that you know is a big initiative right now is diversity inclusion diversity equity inclusion and i forget what the a is but One of the things and one of the principles is, you know, making people feel included. How do you do that? If you don't know how to pronounce somebody's name, say, I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce your name. Can you please tell me how to say your name correctly? Right. So that gives the speaker confidence in calling you what you're supposed to be called and you feel better. So everybody wins. Everybody wins. But we don't think about it. Right. We just go off doing our own things sometimes, or some people go off doing their own things sometimes and without without thinking how damaging it can be to somebody that you nickname them because you can't pronounce their name. You know, we had an incident at a place that I've worked in the past, and we had an individual who came in to work with us, and she was of Indian descent. She was from India, and her first name was very, very long. When I'm talking 20 something letters and over and over again, you know, I asked her to please pronounce her first name for me. And so I could technically write it so I could write it down and actually, you know, practice. So I didn't, you know, 
call her something she she shouldn't be called. And um, she told me that was okay, that I didn't have to do it, but she appreciated that, you know, I was gonna go through the trouble of trying to, you know, pronounce her name, but she had shortened her name herself. So that made a big difference to me. The fact that she had shortened her name herself and told me what to call her. I was like, great, thank you. So I was like, great, thank you so much. I appreciate that, you know, you telling me that. So she had already shortened her own name to make it easier for everyone in the office to, I guess, talk with her or to say hello, but she had already done it. She had done it for years ago. So we weren't the first, she didn't do it just for us. I want to make sure that's clear. She didn't do it just for us. She had done it years ago. That makes me sad too, that she had to do that at all. I mean, yeah. still to this day, um, I try to uh, pronounce her name. She was like, no, Annette. Yeah, I just had her interview. I could not pronounce her name. And I said, you know, excuse me, would you mind telling me, you know, how to pronounce your name? She was like, just call me Jackie. And I was like, okay. She was like, it just makes it easy. Like, and so I don't know where you go with that, but don't call me Karen. But you so, know, I know you don't want to hear this, but some Karens do spell their name like you spell I yours. Know. I but know. But but after you tell them how you pronounce yours, that should be the end of it. That's exactly what happens every single time. They're like, "Oh, hi, Karen. Nice to meet you." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. It's actually Corinne." Um, you know, I've been doing it my whole entire life. Thanks, Dad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but my mom's name is Karen. So I I just feel, first of all, ever since 2020, Karen got a bad rap. So my poor mama, who is a sweet lady, you know, I already feel bad. But then when somebody calls me Karen, I get extra irritated because I'm like, you know, but yes, it's Corinne. But I don't mind correcting people because I've been doing it my whole entire life. And I I could have easily just let people call me Karen, but that's not my name. That's not my name. From the person who gets their name mispronounced 99.9% .9 of the time, I don't take offense to it at all. I, I don't know if it's because I'm so accustomed to having my name um, said incorrectly. I don't know, but I don't automatically assume someone is a racist. I don't automatically assume that um, they're non-American, or I don't automatically assume that, um, whatever the case may be, but they just mispronounced it, and I correct you and keep it moving forward. I could care less about how you perceive my name to be. Now, sometimes, again, of course, there's always a fool that takes it too far, and then I have to check you. is a very common Indian name for those that don't know. Indian, um, I guess um, Muslim, Islamic is a very, very common name. For white Americans, it's John Smith or um, uh, Jane Doe, whatever. And in India, it's Fatima. Like, that's very common. So, but it's pronounced Fatima. It's not pronounced Fatima. So I mm -hmm. do get that mispronunciation a lot. They when I have when I speak to someone that's of a different nationality, they always say, "Oh, Fatima, how you doing? What's going on, Fatima?" Um, and so I do get that pronounced, but I don't take offense to it if that's how they pronounce it in their language or in their culture. I don't take offense to it. I just say, "Well, I say Fatima. That's how I pronounce my name," and then we go and move forward. I don't take offense to it at all. 
Well, again, with Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and all the other fast food places that you named, I don't even use that name. I just use my last name. And then what's surprising is that they still get that wrong. And it's a common last name. So <laughs> I don't really have opinions about that. It just, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it is what it is. So. I mean, for me, the offense isn't in you seeing my name and mispronouncing it. In my head, I'm kind of like, well, that was interesting that you added A's where there were none. But okay. <laughs> the offense is when, like, I'm at work and we're in a meeting and everyone has said, Shanique, Shanique, Shanique. And then here comes Bob Shaniqua. Not like, so you didn't hear everybody else say Shanique? You thought they all mispronounced it and it was up to you to correct them incorrectly? That's where the offense, quote unquote, comes in for me. I feel that. So one of the articles that I, I wanted to, to cite here is from Fast Company. And so to your point, Shanique, in a, in a paragraph, it says, one of the biggest microaggressions that can take place is the repeated mispronunciation of somebody's name, right? So that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, okay, you get corrected and then you, you move on or, or something like that. No, it's you repeatedly mispronounce my name. Or in my case, so this is uh, somebody, her name is Asian Indian. Um, and I cannot pronounce it, so I would jack it up. But it says, or in my case, completely changing somebody's na someone's name. When my boss created this new nickname for me, that served as a form of bullying and harassment. If that's the situation that, we, that we're in, how do we respond to that situation and not be, I guess, what, looked at as aggressive or being mean or just not being a team player sometimes as they want to say it? So what, what should we do? Ask others how to pronounce your colleague's name if you don't know how to pronounce it. Correct others when you hear somebody's name being mispronounced, even yours. If someone has mispronounced yours or a colleague's name, advocate for yourself. My name is pronounced, you know, Karen, or, you know, how I would say, I'm not sure if you heard when I introduced myself, you know, my name is Corinne. So there's an emphasis on, um, just want to make sure that, you know, that there's an emphasis on the A or Shanique. There is no A at the end of my name, right? Uh, it's not aggressive. You know, it's just saying the correct pronunciation is this. Because it's a fact. This is the correct pronunciation of my name. I correct them every time. <laughs> right? But that's, that's a less aggressive form because it's fact, right? And so if they feel offended, that's them. But you are saying, you know, the correct pronunciation of my name is this. Something to help yourself out. Something to help others out. Use online tools to correctly pronounce somebody's name. So if somebody is like, you know, has a, a name that is, you know, of a foreign nature, so Asian, African, things of that nature, you can phonetically put it in the language or the origin of that name and have Google or whatever speak to you with that name. No. I'm not saying Google's going to be 110% correct. I haven't tried it because I guarantee you, I'll be like, Google, how you say my name? And it's going to be like Karen. And I'm going to be like, bitch, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's also assuming you know the origin of that name. Right, right, right. Um, and then the last one, it says, don't assign nicknames without their permission. That goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation. They're not nicknaming me. Like, I didn't give you permission to call me Ari, <laughs> Ari, right? Like that's my stage name. Those were some tips. 
uh, I'll see if I can find some others, but you said it's tips for what? How to how to address right pronouncing somebody's name correct or how to address correcting somebody to get your name correct. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you, you wouldn't know how to correctly pronounce your name. I will tell people how to correctly pronounce my name, but I'm not going to Google to find the origin to figure oh. out somebody's <laughs> yeah. name. I'm not doing that. One, I'm going to say, how do you correctly pronounce your name? It exactly. is what it is. If you tell me, then I'll go going forward. We'll, we'll keep moving. If you don't, I'm going to assume what comes out of my mouth is correct. And then we're going to go forward with that. But yeah. I'm not doing all that. No, that's too much. I, I, I can't make no judgment because mine is mispronounced. 99.9% of the time. No, I'm not doing all that. That's too much. I'm I not, think I'm some not. of those rules sometimes are for like certain people. Maybe out here just doing the most and like they need these cultural kind of, you know, step by step. Like, here's the way, like, see, I tried. Like, they need those. That's why I wanted oh to always God. like, so I have black friends. They, might have tried. they need a two go guide to pronounce somebody's name. So they need a two go guide to pronounce pronouns they need a to-go guide so you got a baby feed spoon feed them all these like bias trainings and all the like how many times have you clicked through that and not read a single set of that that's you know you could do as much bias training or as much formalized training or as much um cliff notes as you can people regardless are gonna do and say whatever they want to do i agree your job to make sure that the information that you want them to to um, receive is correct. Well, you know, we've talked about, you know, we've talked about name biases. So have you ladies, being that we are all um, African or African-American of African-American descent, have you ever had any kind of biases associated with your hair and how you wear your hair to work? Yeah. <laughs> really? Of course. Okay. You said really as if you have not. Well, my story is really interesting. And I have to say that the only bias that I happened to have um, at a job at one point in time was from a Black woman. And she had been within the organization for quite a few years. I came in as an intern. She was there for about 20-something years. So she, I would say she's from that old school. And her issue was that she didn't like when I came in and I wore my natural hair. I had, I wore my natural hair. I had it in like my tight curls on top or whatever. And it was like kind of shaved on the side, but tight curls on top. I literally came into work. She literally felt the need to walk over to my desk and say, hey, I hate your hair. When are you going to go get it done? No way. This is exactly what she said. She's like, I really don't like it. I said, I don't care if you don't like it. I like it. And it's going to stay exactly like this, right? She did not. She did. And she felt that I should have my hair pressed, straightened or whatever, or I could put it back in a ponytail or something like that. But she wanted it pressed, straightened or, or curled to her satisfaction. You know what I mean? And me coming in there with a natural hairstyle just blew her mind. Like she says, you, she's, she basically was telling me that I look nappy at work. And I know I didn't. My hair was nice. It was neat, but it was mine, you know, but that was from a black woman. Yeah. But she was from an old school black woman. She's from the time when you had to come to work and you had to look like everybody else. And one thing she did that um, it, it kind of upset me is that I had another coworker who um, sat near me at the time and she was a black female and she had long hair, right? She had long hair. So she decided one day to come to work. She had her hair in a ponytail, 
because normally sometimes she would wear it down and straight it wear down and straight but she came to work that day with her hair in a ponytail and you know with kind of like her natural waves in the front of the ponytail you know what i mean her natural curl pattern in the front and she had it in a ponytail this same woman black woman came to her and said why aren't you wearing your hair down you have to let these people know that we have hair like that too and that we you know we have long hair and that we can wear it down she was so about appearances it was it was just crazy to me and i actually said something i said why are you telling her how to wear her hair and she was like this is not about you you need to get your hair done and that's what she said to me you know she was hardcore do you understand me <laughs> she yeah, was hardcore. those but, older generations like you said they did believe that you know you had to have certain appearances that you could assimilate into a quote-unquote professional society which of course professional society meant looking you know like Caucasian counterparts yes and so I know you highlight that oh this was a black woman saying it you know as a way to kind of say like oh it wasn't even you know other people but that's more and I'm not saying she was right because I completely disagree with her comments her mo you know everything the actions everything mm -hmm. but that's you know more of a like coming from a place like a motherly like I'm trying to or what I think is trying to help you to succeed versus people from other cultures who are just going to talk their shit behind your back it's not okay. to say that they don't think it, say it, you know, whatever. It's just that they're not going to come because they know the potential, you know, issues that come with them actually saying it to you. When I was in pharmaceutical sales, I knew that my natural hair was not going to be accepted. So I was always pressured to straighten it. It wasn't that anybody said anything to me or, or did anything to that nature, but it was, I just knew that that wasn't going to be acceptable. So, you know, I always wore my hair and like, uh, I always felt pressure to either straighten it or um, wear it back in a, in a curly ponytail. And then when I relocated, I was just like, nope, no more of that. You know, I'm just going to embrace my natural hair. And luckily, I mean, by the grace of God, like that's naturally the progression that it became acceptable to wear your hair curly or how you know how it naturally grew out of your head yes yeah yeah so uh yeah I don't really care these days <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've definitely experienced it as somebody who like I love changing up my hair like I get bored with it looking the same and I constantly whether it's like color tracks feed-ins wigs sew-ins, whatever, like I'm going to change my hair. And I would love to say like, I don't care what people think, but that would be a lie. Because for example, if I'm going to a job interview, my hair is going to be straight and natural colored. Versus like once I, you know, after I have the job, like then I'll, you know, start playing with different styles and looks and color or whatever. So yeah, like I said, I, I can't say that, you know, I haven't heard, you know, comments or seen looks or whatever. And I can't say that I don't let it influence me um, because it does. And and the only reason that I quote unquote care about it is because like if it's a job that I you know want and knowing who will and who will not be on the typical hiring panels, I have to kind of assimilate. I've had experiences where these little comments, I'm gonna call them little microaggressions where right. why are you constantly making comments about my hair? Now, if I come back and say, wow, your hair always looks the same. Are you going to feel, well, how are you going to feel? You know right. what I mean? Or, man, those those bald spots are growing. 
like that's not appropriate so why would you feel the need to you know it used to annoy me then I said to myself you know what Annette why are you letting this bother you you know what I'm saying? it's their problem it's her problem you know or it's his problem it's not yours so from that point after I basically talked to myself and said you know what this is really not an issue you know what I'm saying? Let it go. It's not it's not big enough or it's not bad enough where you need to make a stink about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or raise your voice about it or cause, you know, conflict in the office about it because it's not that serious. So what I did was I just started ignoring it. I honestly, I started ignoring it. They would make comments. I'm like, yep, sure it has. Oh, you changed your hair? Sure did. You like it? Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a guy in the office that I work in, the office I work in now, I'm an older Caucasian gentleman and he has like, like it's kind of longer in the front and it's like dye. Like the first time I saw him, it was like so vibrant and beautiful, like multiple colors. I think the last time I saw him, it was like a very bright pink and I'm like, oh my God, like I love those hair colors, but I know that I can never pull that off. I think with us, when it comes to women of color, we're judged more harshly on how we do our hair. And I think it's because a lot of times we're in spaces that are taken up by predominantly white individuals. And especially in the case of engineers or engineering or those 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 fields where predominantly white males are the the most in the office. But two, I can honestly say I've gotten more microaggressions from women than men. Um, I have a case where men will look but won't speak or won't say anything but more women feel like they have the need to say something to you about it. So that has been my issue. Not necessarily men, but more or less women. But but that's just my experience. Have you guys had any other like issues with other types of microaggressions? Um, Like what? I mean, there's like the hair comments, the hair touching, the name bias. Mm-hmm. What about what you wear or how you speak to people or what you're eating? Oh. The aggression. The, the aggression, code, like, like with the codes. I mean, when I was in the office, you know, code switching was life. Like I am not going to pretend as if I did not spend a great deal of my life code switching in the office. Since I've been home, you know, working from home for the majority of the past two years, that's changed a lot. There isn't necessarily the aggression with that, only because it's something that I do like I don't put on my true authentic self at work I actually had the uh, a long conversation with a co-worker at one point in time and I explained to him that I can't come to work and be my authentic self because a lot of people wouldn't know how to take me as Annette Annette you know what I mean I said so when I come in the office I have to put on my work facade if you want to call it that or my work you know voice and my work personality because me being Annette Annette or, you know, outside of work Annette won't work here, <laughs> won't be accepted, won't be, you know, um, people won't gravitate to me based on that personality. I have to put on my work Annette personality when I come to work. And he just did not understand that. You know, he, as um, a man who looks like a white male, he might not have been a white male, but he looks like a white male. He could go off at work. He could have an attitude at work. He could have a bad day at work. And he will still be accepted the next day when he walks into that office. I, as a Black woman, cannot go off at work. I cannot scream at work. I cannot, you know, have a bad day with my boss and then not be looked at differently when I come in the next day. Right. That's (laughs) true. Because we are judged differently. 
and I have seen multiple <laughs> counterparts go off at work mm-hmm. and then turn around and pretend and everybody just acted like nothing just happened. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And he just, he, he was young and he couldn't believe that that was actually the case. I'm like, yeah, it is actually the case. You know what I'm saying? We cannot be our authentic selves at work because we are judged differently and we are judged more harshly. It is what it is. Code switching is a thing, has been a thing. Now I have been um, slowly moving away from it as I've gotten older, Mm -hmm. right? Slowly moving away from it as I've gotten older. But then again, I'm still careful about who I am somewhat of myself with at work as well too still, Mm -hmm. you know? But it has decreased a little bit over time. That's funny you say that because sometimes, you know, when we used to work together and I'd hear you talking to somebody and I'd be like cracking up to myself because I'm like, well, who is that a neck? Because that voice sounded so <laughs> telemarketer <laughs> and proper. <laughs> but, you know, on the flip side of that too, um, I guess the microaggression or, you know, whatever you want to call it comes in when sometimes like you'll have, you know, coworkers, white men just randomly like come up and be like, hey, girlfriend, like trying to, you know, put on a black scent. And I'm like, you could have just said, hello, good morning. Like you didn't do that to anybody else. Like, why did you do that to me? Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't necessary. That's not even how you speak. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, based on what I'm hearing, you know, we've all had a few incidents of microaggressions, but overall, I guess what I guess um, I can say over my over 20 years, I've experienced Yes, I definitely have experienced some microaggressions, but I felt like I was able to deal with it in a positive manner. I can honestly say that I don't think when it came to microaggressions, I've ever had to really get angry or get aggressive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or had to contact EEO or anything like that. It was easier just to deal with the individual at that point in time. Yeah, I haven't had really um, super horrible um, incidents happen to me, but, you know, the few that I did have happen, you know, was dealt with in, a, in um, a pretty positive manner, if you want to call it that. The the level of like bad, as you call it, is subjective. True. Because I feel like oftentimes, you know, especially as Black women, you know, we let a lot of shit slide. We do. We let a lot of things, like we, we experience a lot, we encounter a lot, we, you know, hear a lot, and we're just like, I'm just here for my eight or nine hours to get this check and get up out of here. And it's like generationally or historically, like we've dealt with so much. It's like, okay, you having these comments is not really like in the grand scheme of things to us is not really that big of a deal. But that's not to say that, you know, if the situation was reversed, it would be the same. That's true. Today, we've talked about name biases. We've talked about microaggressions dealing with our hair as Black women. Let me let you guys know that I found two awesome like TED Talks. One was by a lady named Julia Bernard Thompson, and she talks about what she calls name-isms. And she talks a lot about name biases and how people, how to deal with those microaggressions dealing with your name in the workplace. So it's an awesome TED Talk to review. So I suggest you go look it up. It's called What's in the Name? It's a TED Talk called What's in the Name? And it's by Julia Bernard Thompson. It's awesome. And then there's another TED Talk I would like you to look up, and it has to do with your hair. And that's by a lady by the name of Mina Fombo. 
she talks about, no, you cannot touch my hair. It is an awesome TED Talk. And she talks about growing up and being in predominantly white spaces and how she dealt with people trying to touch her hair uh, throughout her and also throughout her adult life, you know, how she decided to deal with people always trying to touch her hair. Please look that up. So, I mean, those are, those sound like excellent, you know, TED Talks to listen to. I always enjoy TED Talks, so I'll check those out maybe one day when I'm cooking or cleaning or driving or something. But is there anything healing, encouraging, empowering, or loving you'd like to share with listeners? I would just say that if you find yourself um, confronted with any of these types of microaggressions, I definitely think you should pause, think about, you know, think about the way in which you want to respond, because um, you want to make sure that you respond in a manner that is helpful not only to you, but also to the person that you are talking to. I would agree with that because sometimes, you know, depending on your action or reaction determines how they, determines their opinions, you know, moving forward, right, wrong, or indifferent. So I would agree with that, you know, to pause and, and think about it. Because I know sometimes, you know, I have those, you know, in movies where it's like, you see like these crazy scenes where somebody comes like, flipping out or punching somebody or doing whatever like I have those like kind of flashes in my mind like I can't believe this is happening (laughs) but Mm -hmm. obviously you cannot react in that way so you know I don't have a solution for it because I don't feel like there's any training in the world that an adult can take that is going to completely change how they've spent the last 20 30 40 50 plus years of their life thinking about certain things so I don't have necessarily a solution for that but maybe we'll have that by the next time we talk. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Heels Podcast. We will see you next week.